Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy Podcast by a Scooby and a Newbie. If you've got the money, honey, we got We are on episode 11, the penultimate episode of season 1. 11 out of 12. Yeah, out of mind, out of sight, original air date, May 19th, 1997. So, this is happening in the spring. We find ourselves with Cordelia and some other Joker, and she's talking about all the good things that happen in springtime. They do love spring. This is a good segue. Yeah, so it's uh, Cordy, Harmony, and Mitch. Yeah, we've seen Harmony before. Yes, this is definitely the first time we've seen Mitch. Uh huh. But he appears to be Cordelia's boyfriend, or at very least, they're going out. Whether or not they're labeling it, I don't know. He's some weird dude, and I don't care for him at all. He's not pleasant. I don't think he's supposed to be pleasant. No, but you know, nothing about him is endearing. Not that we're supposed to be super team Cordy at this point, anyways, right? If you think that he deserves comeuppance, don't worry. It happens. (laughs) real fast in this episode before the cold open (laughs) that's true actually he gets he gets that comeuppance real fast for just being a person that i kind of dislike i guess that's not really comeuppance that's just me disliking (laughs) and like it's not proportional no not at all oh man not at all so cordelia and rich are walking around And Buffy comes out of her classroom and bumps into them and spills weapons everywhere. Clumsy Buffy. We all know how clumsy slayers are. This is (laughs) super, super realistic. You hear all of the stakes just rolling out of her bag. She picks up like a mace and a crossbow. How big is the bag she has? She's prepared, okay? She's ready to kill a lot of things. And she's like, uh, it's a history assignment. Uh, just don't look. I'm a normal human. But, like, they don't care. They're like, she's weird. This just confirms her weirdness to us. <laughs> okay, so in this scene, mm-hmm. Cordelia is wearing sort of like a, like, it's a reasonable dress. It's kind of like a light green mintish color. Right. But, like... I feel like Harmony's pants are the same color. And then Harmony's also carrying around, like... A jacket that is the the same same color. color. Yeah. who? They really coordinated. I mean, it's all in Harmony's name, right? It's very harmonious. That's true. They wanted to, uh... Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because don't you feel like the wardrobe department should have been like, hey, these are (laughs) kind of the same color. Maybe we shouldn't have these two characters wear them in the same scene with each other. Yeah, it's a really weird decision to have made. I can't imagine why it was done that way. And it is something that I really did pick up on. Like, it's super it's obvious. It's really obvious. And Harmony's also got some sort of green scarf in her hair, like around mm-hmm. her ponytail. It's Brent, not the same Brent green Brent, at yeah. all. It just is strange. Very. Uh, yeah, so anyways, Cordy wants to be elected the May Queen. It's very right. important to her. This is one of the spring things that she's talking about. I have no idea what a May Queen is, but apparently it's a thing. Like Homecoming Queen, I think. Okay, I was going to say more like Prom Queen, but it's not Prom? No, because home- isn't Homecoming in the spring? I don't know when Homecoming is. Uh, uh, <laughs> sometimes, Actually, no, sometimes it's in the fall. Yeah, in Canada, it's in the fall. I think sometimes it's in the spring, though. Two Homecomings, cool. I mean, what is homecoming? I have a lot of questions about this anyways. (laughs) We don't know sports things. That's accurate. That is one area. That's like really the only area that we're lacking. 
Probably, yeah. Let's go with that for now. Let's say what Cordelia is not lacking in, the whole literature <laughs> class. She is really good at literature. She's into it. The teacher is like all about her. It's great. <laughs> and her horrible, horrible opinions. You know what? She does have horrible opinions, but she is consistent as hell. <laughs> <laughs> She's incredibly consistent. This yeah. <laughs> episode is an arc episode for Cordy. And Which was it's nice, just I think. showing how she starts off as this really self-centered bitch and then <laughs> ends up being just this regular bitch. Yeah. And it's and all a facade. She's Dave. not a nice person, but you know, she's got inner struggles too. She's not a nice person, but she's also not the worst person, I think is what this episode is trying to tell us. Which, as far as we've seen so far, she is. So, yeah. Thanks (laughs) for this episode. (laughs) Yeah, no. But, so, this teacher really likes a student, which generally goes poorly for teachers, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything good that happens to any teachers in this show, though? (laughs) No. Whether or not they like a student? That's a good point. I don't think we've seen a single teacher other than, well, Giles Giles? gets concussed all the time. Right. Actually, he hasn't been concussed in, like, In a long time! Maybe they thought to themselves, he's been concussed too many (laughs) times, we need to stop. Three times in the first six episodes, and then nothing in the second half of the season. So disappointed. It's very disappointing. But you know what? (sighs) I think that he's going to be concussed again in the future, so not to worry, Dave. Oh, yeah. Right, so then Mitch is in the locker room. Uh Uh-huh. So I wrote down, ooh, sexy locker room. And then I was like, man, I should check that guy's age. How old is he? Okay. I mean, he does not look young in this episode. He doesn't look particularly old. He's born in 76. So Okay. 21. It's like a- It's Buffy age. Yeah. It's a reasonable age, and I'm not a creep, so everything worked <laughs> out for the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good, too. Yeah. And we know that whenever we see someone in a locker room, it's <laughs> very much time for creature cam, and that is no exception here. Yeah, locker rooms are bad places. Like, yeah. definitely. We haven't seen a single good thing happen in a locker room that's accurate. this series. Yeah. So, I mean, Mitch is continuing to be a, a dick, mm-hmm. and again... He's going to pay for it immediately. It's not in a big way, though. He's just like, ah, yeah, Cordelia's pretty sexy. I wouldn't mind having sex with her. Ha ha ha. Boys locker room chat. Okay. But that's really as far as it goes. It actually is just like, yeah, she's really pretty and I'd like to have sex with her. That'd be great. I get, I mean, I get it that this is how boys talk. But this whole concept of locker room talk is kind of a hot topic right now, Dave. Oh, yeah. It's weird that the other guys are being like, hey, <laughs> your girlfriend's pretty sexy, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah she is. <laughs> yeah, it's that's gross. just a weird thing. I guess they're like congratulating him, but that's horrible. <laughs> it's like she's an object that he's won. Anyways. He gets his comeuppance very quickly mm-hmm. as a disembodied voice starts giggling. Oh, all of the giggling. Oh, yeah. And he's like, who's there? And then it just picks up a baseball bat and starts smacking him around like this is the walking dead or something. So why? I get that it's a locker room, but do you really bring your baseball bat into the locker room? He There's like did showers. or someone else did. <laughs> and also at this point, it could be a haunted bat. You don't know. Oh, yeah. That's, no, fully. Yeah. Could be the bat that he decided to pick up in self-defense <laughs> is just a really cursed object. Yeah. And we got some sweet bat CG. Oh, Uh. man. All the puppetry in this episode (laughs) Uh. is not good. I think it's this and the chalk. The practical stuff is more believable. Yeah, no. The the CG chalk is 
Is it CG? Um, I thought it was practical, but just really poorly done. I thought it was CG, and that's why it looked so shitty. It I mean, we we agree that it's really shitty. I think yeah, that's... they're very bad effects. Right. So yeah, he gets the crap beat out of him, and that's our cold open. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, we see Cordelia campaigning for being May Queen. She's bribing but people she with chocolate. Doesn't need Buffy's vote. That weirdo. <laughs> the loony fringe vote. Yeah, no, fuck that. Uh huh. And also, uh, as she's handing the chocolate out. Harmony's like, wow, what a great idea. And Cordy's like, yeah, isn't it the bomb? (laughs) (laughs) It is pause the bomb, Cordy. (laughs) At this point in the episode, I'm getting tired of Buffy. (laughs) Not the show, just the character. Because she's been in one scene where she was like, oh, awkward weapons, clumsy slayer. And I was like, I want this to end so bad. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, oh, I don't have many friends. And I was like, I don't care. Uh, yeah, I mean, so far I only care about what's happening to Cordelia. Which, <laughs> which is a very bizarre situation to find ourselves in. It's a very, and especially it being the beginning of the episode, like that's mm-hmm. how we're setting it all up. Uh, Willow's wearing a sweet Scooby-Doo shirt in this scene. Oh yeah, she is. And oh, for yeah, a good chunk is. of the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and her and Xander are doing that, like, <laughs> laughing about a story that Buffy wasn't there for thing. It's very inside joke. Yeah, This is both uh, an episode about how Cordelia changes and about popularity. And Buffy used to be popular, but is no longer. And that's her personal demon in this episode. Oh. And she has to hang out with Cordy, who is right now popular. And that brings back bad memories for Buffy. So yeah, it's kind of flimsy as far as emotional uh, connection goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you care about any of this, Dave? No, about <laughs> Buffy feeling popular and then not feeling popular, or Cordelia feeling feeling isolated because of her popularity. And you're just like, shut the fuck up! You're in high school and you're popular. <laughs> Fucking deal with it. Yeah, none of this stuff is resonating with me. This is like, oh yeah, right. Teens have these problems. Yeah, they're very much not real problems. <laughs> But yeah, Buffy was the May Queen at her old school, blah, 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 no one gives a shit. Oh, but beat up student, yes. good old Stitch is here, and he is looking in rough shape, and Buffy's like, did someone die? I love dead bodies. <laughs> and Snyder's here, peace night. <laughs> yes, it's stuck. <laughs> he has a great line about how there are no dead students here. This week. This week. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was really, and it was really good delivery. He's great. Everything oh, he's about so him is great. He's my favorite Ferengi. Aw, that's good. <laughs> Stitch got really smacked around, and he's like, this may sound weird, but it was you... a bat that did it to my to me. Can we just, just back up for a second? Yeah. How many different things have you called Mitch now? A few. <laughs> I, I caught Rich, and I think you may have just called him Stitch. Uh, maybe. Just wanted to make sure. Anyways, let's move on. Uh-huh. But yeah, he's like, oh, a bat attacked me. It was just a bat. And they're like, oh, mystery's afoot. And so, of course, Buffy wants to check out the crime scene. Buffy has a sneak around. She just, like, she's gonna run in there. And of course, Peace Knight is like, <laughs> no way, dude. You can't just go in there. That's unreasonable. This is yet another crime scene in our school. <laughs> Yeah, and so, oh god, Willow is great. I love Willow. <laughs> she just starts throwing around the word sue. Yeah. <laughs> and how Mitch is oh, going to sue. His dad's a real big lawyer in this town. Peace Knight's not on board. Yeah, they don't like the, the idea of being sued. <laughs> not generally. 
And so then Buffy, he just immediately forgets about Buffy. <laughs> She's pretty forgettable in this episode. She <laughs> sneaks into the locker room and finds that on several of the lockers, there is one word written. Look. Spooky. Oh, I wonder what the next word will be. And then by the time we find out the next word, it's like, oh, I know what the third word's going to be. <laughs> what was it written in? Because it's kind of like red, but... Like Mitch's blood? Oh, it might have been. I don't know. Off the bat? That's a lot of blood. That's a lot of blood. He was still conscious, yeah. But if she was beating his head, then he got like a head wound. Those are bleeders, right? We go to the lunchroom where the Scoobies are all trying to figure it out, and Giles rolls in. (laughs) You're like, what are you doing here, What are you doing in the lunchroom? (laughs) This is almost as weird as Giles being in the bronze. It's very strange to see. And he kind of explains it by saying, oh, I couldn't find you guys anywhere, so I came to the lunchroom to look for you. At this point, they're just like, we have a bunch of sets that we don't use. Why is that? (laughs) Better go to the lunchroom. Yeah. Yeah. Buffy has a single big ring on. Ah, always. It's really big, but there's only one, so. Later, she'll have multiple that are smaller, right? Yeah. There's always a lot of rings happening in general. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like nine and a half minutes into the episode, G-Man has figured out that it's an invisible person, or at least that's one of the options that he lists. Yeah. And they're like, okay, yeah. They're or really more on the ghost. ghost boat right now. Yeah. They, they're not, they don't think possessed bat seems reasonable. Xander oh, makes a... Such real, a good joke. <laughs> great joke. Maybe it's a vampire bat. I'm alone with that one, huh? And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone is incredibly unimpressed super appalled uh, as they should be but this is the xander that yeah. i love this is the xander that we're finally getting that's what i makes want these xander. jokes yeah yeah uh, it's so much better than it used to be buffy is always dropping the v word yeah. saying that she's a vampire slayer in the lunchroom and not just that they've been talking about ghosts and invisible <laughs> people that wouldn't be enough she has to say all of the words so that everyone can hear. I mean, she's been lulled into a sense of security. She spends most of her time doing this and it hasn't backfired yet. So <laughs> why would she worry about it now, Dave? I'm hoping it will eventually. <laughs> Keep hoping. But I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, she had a bunch of weapons in her bag and nobody batted an eye. <laughs> So, okay, also, she's just that weird girl. Like, no one's gonna give a shit about what she's saying. She's probably talking about her Dungeons and Dragons campaign or something. Exactly, and teenagers only care about themselves. Which we see beautifully (laughs) illustrated by the next scene in which Cordelia is distraught over what's happened to Mitch. She is absolutely... He now doesn't look good enough to go to the coronation or the dance. Well, you know, their pictures won't be very good. Right, with him all black and blue. Yeah, and I mean... She's just so fucking (laughs) selfish, it's amazing. You know, every line is a setup for her to be more selfish. But, like, the sincerity with which she delivers Mm. these lines. And at first you're like, oh, she really cares about... Oh, no. She cares about herself. And how (laughs) Mitch relates to her. I see. She's talking to Harmony because that's the person that she talks to. And this... She talks at Harmony, I think. (laughs) Harmony smiles and nods. Harmony's a very good yes man. Oh, certainly. Mm -hmm. But this segues into our first segment. Oh. Harmony and Discordelia. Monday night is girls' night. I'm taking you out. 9.30. I know this great karaoke place where you can get a pedicure while you sing. Oh, Jenna, I'll go anywhere. Just please, no more karaoke. Not after our last duet. When I'm right here, you need to be here. Not here. Here is embarrassing. Okay, fine. (laughs) That's the best thing you've ever come up with. (laughs) 
in your entire life. Ah, excellent. I keep doing this week after week. It's only going up. Right? There's no ceiling here. This is where we're talking about Cordelia's role in the show so far, Harmony's role to a lesser extent, and just who these people are as characters. Because at this point, they've just been there to needle the Scoobies and be comic relief, right? Yes. Like, that's just it. They're somewhat antagonistic comic relief. And I mean, Harmony doesn't really even have a personality. No. She just is sort of a Cordelia accessory, I guess. She's a hanger-on yeah. that you can recognize. This is the first episode where she's named, and we are 11 episodes in. She's only been in like three or four of them, but still. Was she really never named before this? Uh, not according to any of the internet things I could find. Interesting. I just, I mean, I never noticed, I guess, because I knew she had a name. Yeah, but this is an <sighs> Alex thing all over again. Right. Alex had two episodes and he was named in the second one. Or Adam. I don't know what his name was. Our computer lab guy, right? Our best friend. Yeah, computer lab yeah. guy. Cordelia and Harmony are these two people that you see around. They're kind of funny. And it's now that we start actually seeing them being developed as characters, which is nice. This entire episode is Cordelia-centric, yeah. and it has all the pitfalls that that brings with it. Yeah, a few episodes ago, when you were talking about why are they not giving Cordelia anything to do, well, here you go. Here she, I do she go. She gets something to do. A lot to do, actually. And honestly, I know we're 11 episodes in, but that's, that's a small amount of time. You see characters on a lot of other television shows that go far longer without getting any sort of backstory or exploration. True, but are they characters who are in the title sequence? That's, oh, that that's, is a good that's point. That's just it, right? It's the, it's the fact that oh, she yeah. clearly is very important because she's one of the six people in the title sequence? Is, is, right. is that right? I think so. Is Wait, at this point, is Angel even in the title sequence? No. Oh, maybe so not. Is she one of the one of five? <laughs> and this is the first episode where she gets to do anything, really? So then yeah. that's sort of the opposite of what you're saying. <laughs> that's true. I've done a 180 on this. Yep. Hmm. All right. Well, you got there eventually to a person who's in the main <laughs> titles. Yeah. It's, uh. Eh. Uh, and this is, right, so this is our first flashback cam. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> Presented in delightful sepia tones, oh, so you know that it's in the past, and it shows Cordelia and Harmony totally ignoring someone. We don't and... see the person here. It's like a POV no. shot from... and it's But it's a girl. I think we she tries to talk to them, and they just ignore yeah, her. I think that's accurate. Yeah, and then we sort of come back to the present, and uh, Harmony gets pushed down the stairs by, I mean, no Something. one. Something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ghost. Uh, definitely not Cordelia, as Cordelia wants to make very clear. Like, it just <laughs> happened. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't push her. I was nowhere near her. She just fell. <laughs> but then Harmony's, Harmony's like, like, no, I was pushed. <laughs> Harmony's like, I can, I know I was fucking pushed. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it makes Cordelia seem way more suspicious than she way needs to be. Way more suspicious. But I mean, nobody uh, else saw Harmony get pushed, so maybe Harmony's just crazy. Yeah, um, Harmony fell down an entire flight of stairs and only broke her ankle. Yeah, but I mean, she she did the tuck and roll, right? That's <laughs> very important when you're falling down that many stairs. It's <laughs> a lot of stairs, yeah. So yeah, something is clearly up, and Buffy needs to go investigate. And we hear the creepy laughter again. Oh yeah, and Buffy hears it, and yeah, she's so she like, "Follows that it doesn't seem reasonable." She follows it into the band room. Yes, she does. And I was like, oh, is this part of the classic band dance rivalry <laughs> that we've heard so much about? Probably. Probably. That's a good uh, good first guess. 
But yeah, like she runs into someone in the band room. Not someone she can see. No, it's she's an like, is somebody person. there? Right. And then we see the ceiling kind of go up. Right. Implying that invisible person is hiding in the ceiling. Buffy kind of loses the trail right now, which is reasonable because ceiling. I just want to talk quickly about something that I think needs to be addressed. Because in some media, when a person turns invisible, maybe their clothes don't turn with them, or maybe they need special clothes. Right. Is this she lady, naked? This her is clothes turned, right? Or if she's naked. I'm pretty sure her clothes turned. We'll eventually see her turning invisible. Oh, yeah. And I think we see the sleeve of her shirt turn invisible. But have... this was preying on my mind quite a bit through the episode. I was like, is this person just running around naked? Well, if you if you think about their wishy-washy hand-wavy explanation for why this happens. Oh god. Well, yeah, so when we get to there, we can talk more about this. Fair. So Buffy doesn't find anything conclusive and the invisible person escapes into the ceiling evading her uh, notice. And then we have our first shot of creepy dudes in suits lurking oh, near the, the feds. <laughs> God damn it, why are there feds here? I mean, I know why, but it's so... So, this first shot of the feds, (sighs) what did you think? I was like, oh, they're investigating the invisible girl. (laughs) So? Like, what else are they doing? Right. Why are you lingering so hard on these these feds? Yeah, no, and it's, it's, they're so conspicuous and... They're so conspicuous. They're just hanging around the high school, It's like a shot of just them. It's not like they're in the background and you notice them. They're the focus of the shot. So, I mean, it's, yeah, they're, they're making it pretty obvious. The Scoobies are out front of the school, sussing out that it is, in fact, an invisible girl rather than a ghost, because that would, like, you wouldn't be able to bump into them. It would feel really creepy. A ghost passes through you, and it's like a weird, cold feeling. Gross Xander comes back. Oh, Gross Xander. Ah, how we missed you. Yeah. It's it's milder than usual. I mean, he says hesitantly. It's it's on the it's on like teenage boy level, I think. Yeah, cuz he's like, "Oh man, I wish I could turn invisible. That would be sweet. I would get up in that girl's locker room." <laughs> and that's basically what she did to the boys' locker room, right? That is where she went. I mean, she had a purpose for being yeah, there. Yeah, she had a real purpose rather than just snooping. Although when I first heard the giggling with a <laughs> shirtless ditch i was like wait a minute <laughs> is she just spying on this dude but no she wanted to beat him with a baseball bat xander makes a joke about guarding the girl's locker room it's gross but i don't think it's it's not what we used to have with gross xander yeah it's gotten better xander's got some weird hair happening in this episode <laughs> like i don't i think maybe he got a haircut and it just was not good i <laughs> I just kept looking at him and thinking, why does he look so weird? I don't know. He's he's looking pretty okay. He's also holding a skateboard again. He is holding a skateboard. <laughs> and whenever I see that skateboard, I'm just imagining Joss looking at it and shaking his head sadly <laughs> at the mistakes he has made in his past. Why did I do it? Why did I try to make, that make him shot? a skateboarder? Yeah. Oh, mistakes <sighs> were made. Right. So they 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 sort of have decided, yes, it's a person. And they decide that Buffy needs to patrol more in the school to try to catch the person. And at the so the end of the scene, they like cut away to that night, but then mm-hmm. they've got some like ADR lines kind of over the transition. Yeah. Why were they so off-putting? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's because they haven't done this before <sighs> with like a transition to a new scene with the old scene's audio playing over it. I don't know. It was really strange. It took me out of it a good bit. It was really jarring. And <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know why. Maybe just from an atmosphere pers- perspective. 
Yeah, you're okay. setting up the next scene is usually why you want to do it. It yeah. did not take me out of it enough to not notice that Buffy has her patrol outfit on, which I think is entirely leather. Right? I think she had leather coat and leather pants going on. And this is her, like, this is one of her sneaky outfits. I mean, Sorry. It's, it's dark. We'll see another one. And uh, she's got her mushroom hair going on. Oh, yeah. So good. She loves her mushroom hair, but yeah, especially it, it if she's like, on patrol. Like, the coat and pants look like they match. Or am I crazy? <laughs> No, I think you're right. I think that's exactly right. It was yeah. like matching leather coat and pants. It's pretty She's spectacular. bringing it in the 90s. Sure. I leather... think a lot of people are still arguing that this is a good look. I mean, leather was... I think leather's kind of always been big. Mm-hmm. There are always situations where leather looks cool. This is not one of them. But, no. you know, she's trying. Uh, so she's there patrolling around. And for some reason, Cordelia is having like a dress fitting at Party? night in at the, the school. school with a bunch of her friends. This is a very bizarre <laughs> thing to have happen. And it's not helped by several of the props that the extras are holding. <laughs> yeah. there's, I swear there's like a children's mobile, like a baby's <laughs> play toy that one person is holding up and Cordelia dismisses. And you're like, why? What is that? So presumably these are May dance decoration options. I guess. And I mean, I know which one you're talking about, and it's an insane option. Hence why Cordelia dismisses it. <laughs> but yeah, like, what time is it? Like, what's happening? Right? What is this scene? Buffy wishes she could be <sighs> May Queen and have all of these pretty girls surrounding her, yep. asking her opinion of things. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> care. Who gives a shit? Yeah. The Scoobies have sussed out, I think, that it's Cordelia is sort of the main yes. factor that links everything. Because Mitch, so far Mitch and Harmony have been the victims, and mm-hmm. then yeah, it's like, well, what do they have in common? Cordelia. Hmm. So, Buffy's trying to protect Cordelia and see what's happening around her, and that's why she's patrolling around the school at night where Cordelia's having her dress fitting. Fuck, I don't even know. She, Buffy, hears some flute music playing, and I was like, I knew it was some band asshole. Okay. But Buffy's not in, ba- in dance. I don't understand. <laughs> But is Cordelia, like, cheerleading is kind of like dancing. Mm, Mm. I could see that. Yeah. She might have gotten tangled up in a gang war thing. So I find the fact that she is a flute playing band geek offensive. (laughs) Because in high school, I was a flute playing band geek. Oh, no. (laughs) And so I I relate. Did the teacher not call on you either? Were you pointedly ignored and then had your lines stolen by some more popular person? I mean, I did okay in high school. (laughs) I don't want to talk about my high school past. I mean, I'm pretty funny, so... Fair. <laughs> well, and okay, I mean, I'm going to talk about this more later, but I can start now. So part of the reason that I was a band geek in high school was because, I mean, yeah, when you're in band, everyone's kind of there being a weird little band geek, but then you're all band geeks together. Mm-hmm. And like, you have a lot of friends yeah. who are in the band and who you spend a lot of time with in because the Because you're more room. or less forced to. Yeah. And like, you literally, like, I... I had two very close flute friends because we literally sat beside each other however many times a week. So if the premise of this episode that someone's being ignored because they're in band, maybe that doesn't hold up. And I mean, clearly she's really into band because, you know. (laughs) Nothing will stop her from practicing flute. (laughs) She could be doing anything. She's like, you know what? I need to play some flute. This one song I know, damn, I love this song.
So yeah, I have a lot of problems with the fact that she's a flute player. But they're personal problems, mostly. We get to see Giles in the library late at night because everybody in the school. He doesn't. No leave, one needs though. to go home. This is reasonable. He never leaves the library. I guess. Does he have a cot in there? It would make a lot of sense at this point. Maybe like back back in the stacks, he's got like a whole bed. We don't. We know. see him creeping around the stacks, and I'm like, oh no, Giles, don't get concussed again, because <laughs> it's clear that something bad's gonna happen to him. Yeah. Turns out it's Angie. It's Angie not showed bad. up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this guy. I haven't seen him since episode seven. Yeah, you've been gone for a while, It's been bro. a long time. How you been? Uh, so he's been having no reflection. Uh-huh. Because uh, vampires. He wants to know about the master. Right, right, right. He's also having a weird hair day. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possible. <laughs> I didn't know this was a hair cast. I shall pay more attention next time. I'm sorry. I think I talk about hair a lot. <laughs> Mostly Buffy's hair, but... It's usually bad, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, Giles doesn't really know much about the Master. He's like, oh, a lot of books have been lost. It's a real tragedy. If only we had a digital medium that could keep them around forever. But I hate computers. <laughs> he would never bring up a digital medium. Don't be crazy. <laughs> no. Yeah, so there's some uh, specific codex type book or something mm-hmm. that he, Giles is like, oh, if only I had that book. And Angel's like, what if I could get it for you? And Giles yeah, I think I know a guy. <laughs> is so genuinely pumped about this. Oh, yeah. He's like a kid in a candy store. He doesn't really know how to react to a vampire being around, but once the vampire says that he can get him a sweet book, he's like, yes, yes, a thousand times yes. (laughs) Yeah. He also, so yeah, he's sort of, he's wary of of Angel at first, but Mm -hmm. then he's like, oh, well, Buffy said you don't bite people, so maybe you're okay. And then he's like kind of weirdly enchanted by the fact that Angel has a thing for Buffy. Yeah. He calls it poetic. (laughs) Well, yeah, in a he should know way. how old this dude is and yeah. how creepy that is. Listen, Giles isn't old. Angel's not old. No one's old. It's fine. Angel is old. <laughs> I'm confident yeah, okay. when no, I say he's... that over 200 is old. But he doesn't look old. That's what all that really matters. Yeah. Angel gets to like weigh in about the whole being invisible thing. Right. Which seems he's like a... against it. Yeah, he, he's like, oh, looking in the mirror and not seeing anything starts to get you down. And mm-hmm. I, I get that. How does he know what he looks like? Apparently his hair says that he doesn't. Mm, that is a reasonable thing to think. He has no idea what that hair looks like. <laughs> Damn. He's just got his angel face and that usually carries him through. I mean, yeah, I'm not arguing. Does he cut his own hair? Does he go to a late night barber that sits him down and is like, why can't I see anyone in the mirror? That's like, maybe there's like a vampire barber. <sighs> Actually, based on later Buffy, I could totally believe that that's a thing. Because, yeah, that's the it only way. It more serious and more silly later. Well, I guess the, it wouldn't have to be a vampire barber, just like a demon barber. Like a Sweeney right. Todd type guy, yeah. <laughs> but like an actual demon. But we see that sort of thing with, like, a literal loan shark later on, and it's just a shark demon that gives out loans. Or, like, there's a whole demon subculture that uses kittens instead of money. This is the same. You're talking about one episode right now. Really? Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, I remember that one. Because the loan shark fun. is mad because Spike owes him kittens, okay? <laughs> Okay, that's a goofy episode. Yeah, but I It's mean... amazing, but it's <laughs> yeah, goofy it's as hell. Great. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
fucking I forgot about the kittens. Oh my god. <laughs> There's some sort of demon barber that takes payment in kittens and is willing to cut Angel's hair. This okay. is established fact. We can move on to the next scene. Cannon. Which is flashback. Invisible Girl in another flashback. Being totally ignored. Oh no. And it's in the girl's bathroom and Cordy and her hangers on come in. Her gaggle. Gaggle of gals. <laughs> This kind of made me happy. Cordy does something that I've done many times. <laughs> Which does not make me feel like a good person. Yeah, I but, mean, uh, Cordelia is literally the antagonist of this scene, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> so we see uh, Maggie or whatever her name is Marcy. in the background. Right, whatever. <laughs> Uh, she's in the background and Cordy comes up and they're talking about how much they hate their one teacher. Darcy tries to make the same joke a couple times and it doesn't go over. And then Cordelia just steals it, tells it, everyone laughs, and she literally walks away saying, I'm so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just classic Dave in a way that makes me so happy, but also really sad because it turns out she's the villain of the piece. Right. I assume you're thinking it's like, oh, that's a pretty good joke, but nobody laughed. That So it must not have been loud enough. I can say it louder than that. I'll say the joke. Like, is that the Usually, thought process? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I want to say something or I hear something and I'm like, ha, repeat the line to myself. That's funny. But I've got a louder voice. I see. Yes. So a quiet person will say it. I'll be like, ha, blah, blah, blah. And people will be like, Dave, what a classic guy. And I'm like, yes, I am funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't blame you for any of that. Cordelia's doing it with a bit more malice than that, I would say. (laughs) Very much so. So this scene, I assume all of these flashbacks are supposed to make me feel bad for Marcy, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, I assume, the purpose of them. It's telling her story, yeah. And she is supposed to be a mostly sympathetic person. Is she sympathetic, though? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, at the end, very much not so. No, but. and so I couldn't decide whether or not, since I knew that that was where we were going, if maybe that was why I didn't sympathize with her ever. I think she comes off as pretty sympathetic. It's something that you will have had at least one interaction that came off very poorly for you as a yes. teenager. And, and I you totally can see yourself get that. In that. Yeah. And I mean, the, the thing in the class, I thought was maybe the most sympathetic because it's kind of like, oh, like you're not being picked or whatever. Your right. teacher's not calling on you and is calling on everyone else. But this and the previous interaction that she had with Cordelia, she's like, what, trying to insert herself into the most popular group at school? <laughs> And it's not working for her. No, duh. Right. Maybe she should make friends with the people that she hangs out with at band. Right? Like, why is she trying to start at the top? (laughs) And I don't know. So I think because of who she was kind of trying to to get in with, I was non-sympathetic to her. I don't know. Uh, popularity is hard. Yes, but in this scene too, like, they literally stand around her. Like, (laughs) they stand in a way such that she is in their little circle and 100% ignore her. And so that was, that made me uncomfortable. That made me feel far more like it was their fault than her fault. Because they didn't need to do that, right? Like, they didn't... No, that's intentionally antagonistic. Yes. So I, I was uncomfortable and, like, kind of feeling bad for her. And then she was trying, like, really hard to fit in. And mm-hmm. that aspect of it made me uncomfortable. But I still, I mean, again, I know it's going to happen later. So it was hard. It was hard to feel bad for this girl. The next day, we see that Cordelia has, in fact, been elected May Queen. Yep. And she is so happy. She'd been May Queened. 
She is making a speech. As she does. Buffy has her most inconspicuous outfit on, oh. her investigation outfit. These are the super circular sunglasses and the trench coat. Like, what are these sunglasses? Like, why? No one wearing this outfit looks inconspicuous. She's also got a neck scarf, I think. Yes. This is part of her, like, detective getup that is supposed to blend in. I think it's even a different trench coat than we've seen before when she was trying to blend in. How many trench coats does she have? At least three that I can think of. She is the most conspicuous human, and she's just, like, leaning back. She's basically another one of the feds, and it's convenient because they're still on the scene (laughs) looking around. I mean, they're more conspicuous than her because they're suited adults. Yeah, I think they're on a similar level, though. (laughs) (laughs) She's clearly got a very, like, surveillance-y stance. (laughs) (laughs) It's clear that this is not a person you should strike up a conversation with. Right. And she's, like, just hanging out with Willow and Xander, who are dressed normally. (laughs) And talking to her like it's a normal thing she's wearing and doing. They have figured out that the girl is Lacey from Band, and they had a bunch of classes with her, and they didn't know who she was, but now she turns out she's invisible. She's been missing for a while or something. Do you, like, are you you not caring what her name is on purpose? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just making sure. There's a lot of of names flying around. So, her name is Marcy. (laughs) I won't be calling her that. Good. That's fine. It's, I mean, kind of ironic, seeing as how. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was really appropriate. Yeah. Buffy's going to go investigate with her super sweet outfit on. She's just climbing around in the ceiling. She figures out, like, she oh, finds look, a footprint. band room. Yeah, yeah, footprint. Oh, look, ceiling. I can get up in there. And starts crawling around. And I'm like, yo, you're going to get in so much trouble if you're found. Like, isn't she at all worried about falling through the ceiling? Right. Like, how likely is that? I guess it depends where you crawl, right? I guess, like, per episode, you're expected to fall through the ceiling once, according <laughs> to this show. Yeah, no, that's accurate. So expected value of one, that's still pretty high, man. It's too high for me. Yeah. Anyway, she finds like a little nest that has a a bed and a bunch, like a flute or two and a bunch of sheet music (laughs) and some other stuff. clearly been living here for a prolonged period of time. Right. Probably the invisible girl. Mm -hmm. And Buffy's like, well, I don't see her. She's probably not here. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a lack of foresight. And Buffy, like, knows she's invisible, but doesn't ever think that she might be there. (laughs) Like, there are accepted invisible man search procedures where you fling your arms wide and start waving them wildly as you walk through the space. (laughs) Like, really, she should be carrying around some sort of powder. Right? That's what I was thinking. Powder. Yeah. Something that would stick to a human. And then you could just, like, yeah, little puff of dust and, oh, there she is. That never happens. And I was so expecting it to. Or like a like a spray can, a paint or something. That would be amazing. Spray paint would be so much better than a powder because it's meant to stick to things. It. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. But that would no. be perfect. She, she has never zero that. things. <laughs> yeah, she probably has a stake on her. I don't know. Right? Because she's gonna murder the invisible girl. No. Uh-huh. Uh There's like a really bad shot of a floating knife. <laughs> it's so bad. No. We get more creature cam as. <laughs> Whatever, Larcy is sneaking up behind her, right. ready to stab her, but decides not to. Her beef is just with Cordelia. Mainly, yeah. She's not, she hasn't moved on to just killing everyone yet. yet. Although, right. not yet. she's pretty, like, pretty crazy. Crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, she's really fucking crazy. Absolutely. We don't know how crazy yet, but Buffy finds a yearbook that she mm-hmm. decides to steal. <laughs> 
As you do. It's got something interesting in it, yep. and you don't have a camera phone, so... that's. I guess, what choice do you have? And it's a whole yeah. book. And, I mean, Buffy clearly doesn't care about whether or not the Invisible Girl knows that she's been there, because now she's taking something. Buffy the Vampire Slayer does some good horror, and this is actually something that worked for me. Oh, yeah? The whole, like, invisible person, that gives me the Wiggins. I don't like that. And with a knife, like, it's yeah, really I creepy. don't know where that person is. It's yeah, pretty no. creepy. It's really creepy. So good job there. Yeah, so then we go see that teacher that liked Cordelia. And this is where we come to our second segment. Ooh. With great power comes no responsibility. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. They say the best weapon is one you never have to fire. I respectfully disagree. I prefer the weapon you only have to fire once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. <laughs> uh, is this just about how Marcy is fucking crazy? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and there are a few other instances of this where it's just like, hey, I've got this really cool power. Maggie just doesn't do anything with it. Like, she wants revenge against Cordelia, but she's had months. She's been forming this plan. <laughs> Do you know how much you can fuck with someone if you're invisible? <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good point. Like, holy crap, the possibilities are nearly endless. But maybe her slow descent into madness has taken her to this point now. I guess, yeah, that's true. Where she, before she was just sort of peeved and sad, and now she's full-on cray-cray. It's turned into, like, yeah, insane fixation on Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Generally, Buffy has to be responsible with her powers. Yes. But basically all of the antagonists don't. They can just do whatever they want. And even Angel, like, in the first or first couple episodes, he was like, she did it. She really stopped the world from ending. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just doesn't participate at all, even though he's just like, as strong dude, as her. Yeah. yeah. You knew this was coming. Uh. But he's like, I'm absolved of all responsibility for this. I don't know why. I just am. What a jackass. I have a soul, but who gives a shit? <laughs> so this girl, uh, the invisible one, goes to find the teacher who liked Cordelia and apparently did not like Maggie. But she's mad at this teacher. And she decides to kill the teacher by using the good old plastic bag technique. So, like, this bag acting from the teacher, <laughs> there was a lot to be desired, I found. Yes. It was... I think if you want to kill someone who has control of their arms, <laughs> plastic right? bag is one of the worst ways you can try it. Lucky like, number Slevin, like, yeah, they're all taped up. They can't move anywhere. Plastic bag works really well. Here, yeah, no. she can just reach up and tear the plastic bag. It's plastic. That's not what she does. No, at instead, all. she nearly suffocates to death. Except Cordelia runs in. Yeah, Cordelia yeah, runs yeah, in to save her. her. I mean, all she does is take the plastic bag off her head. <laughs> and immediately the teacher's like, oh, I can breathe again. Like, that's not what? I guess we didn't really want to kill the teacher, so. This is the but way as to do Cordelia that? is saving the teacher, we see a piece of chalk magically lift up into the air in very bad special effects and write, listen, on the blackboard behind the teacher. And like Cordelia and the teacher are, they're surprised by this. I wouldn't but they say, see it happen. They wouldn't say that they're scared or really <laughs> no. like that put off by it. No. And this, <laughs> this sort of like dull surprise yeah. is really a theme for Cordelia right now. Yeah. Because she sees this and she's like, ah, whatever. 
And then she will go to the Scoobies and be like, hey, something's happening. But we're jumping ahead a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that is a little bit. First, Buffy brings them the yearbook. Uh-huh. And what's happened to the yearbook, Michaela? Well, first of all, they determined that Marcy had no friends. Because everyone wrote, have a nice summer in her yearbook. Except for Willow. <laughs> Who wrote, have a great summer. Because <laughs> Willow cared. Uh, and it's just horrifying see, seeing all these have a nice summers <laughs> over and over in the book. Apparently this is the kiss of death. Yeah, they have to explain it to Giles. He says, Once again, I teach her at the precipice of the generation gap. Which <laughs> uh, great I phrasing. loved. Uh, but yeah, so basically people didn't have anything, you know, because with your friends, you'll write like some stupid inside joke in their yearbook. Right, or wish them well over the summer in a specific way. Yeah, but like, oh, like, have fun in wherever you're going on your vacation. Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, yeah People sure. love going to Connecticut. Absolutely. But yeah, no, she didn't have any friends because nobody wrote anything specific to her is their point. <laughs> and they're all like, man, I've never even heard of this person. <laughs> and it's the, like, yes, <laughs> they, you have. They've all Here's had a picture of you with, with her. her. Yeah. <laughs> she looks like this. I've never seen that person in my life. <laughs> yes, you have. You had four classes. Many times. <laughs> She sat directly in front of you. But yeah, she's got some spooky, like, Cordelia's face <laughs> crossed mm -hmm. out. Yeah, like, real Joker-fied with uh, all of the graffiti on Cordelia's face in the it's yearbook. It's pretty creepy, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's she is unhinged. Like, it's very clear that she is unhinged. Super. And Giles figures out <laughs> what's happening. He's like, wait, she's been ignored. Of course, <laughs> physics is the solution. He literally... And I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> This? Everything about this was amazing. So he literally slams his fist down on the table and then <sighs> says, of course. And of course. he's talking about how because reality is shaped by our perception and we're on the hellmouth, since people perceived her to not be there or be invisible, she then became invisible. And somehow that is related to quantum mechanics. It's such a shitty explanation. <laughs> Holy God, it makes me so mad. <laughs> so we don't have to talk about it anymore, other than to say that if this is their hand-wavy explanation, then her as an entity, I think, would include her clothing. Yes. And that is why it does make sense that her clothing would also be invisible. And <laughs> she's not just running around naked. As funny as that would be. Yeah. We get to see why Margie's so mad at the <laughs> teacher. Oh, God. Because we see in class... It's all of the named people get called on while they're talking about opinions about some piece of literature. And yeah. Marky's always raising her hand, but never getting called on. And then she lowers her hand gently, looks at it, and it starts to turn invisible, like in Back to the Future. So, I mean, my main problem with this was, I don't know what it was like at your high school, Dave, but like half the class are raising their hands to answer a question. <laughs> That's that the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely not. Xander pipes up with like a reasonable opinion. Oh, no. You're like, no, what? And you're like, oh, God, they're all so engaged. This is completely <laughs> absurd. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but Willow has, like, a lot of makeup on. Oh. Usually, I don't know, usually they do her makeup pretty light. Or maybe it's just that, like, the color of her lipstick is darker than normal. I don't know. She just, again, I look at her and I'm like, ah, she's so good looking. Why is she so <laughs> unpopular? 
It doesn't make any sense. Oh, Willow does have a lot of makeup on. It's true. And I don't know. It was just, I don't know if it was like they were trying something new out with, with all that. Because, I mean, she's always wearing makeup, obviously, but they make it very natural normally. Maybe she's gaining confidence now. And Maybe. this is one of those things that shows that. She looks decidedly less frumpy in general. Yeah, she looks cooler. That's for yeah. sure. This is, now we get to Cordy running into the library asking <laughs> for their help. Uh, this was so great. <laughs> I really, when she, she's like, I figured it out. It's all about me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're like 30 minutes into this episode and she is still very much <laughs> self-involved. But she's totally uh, right. That's the worst she is. part. She is, that, is incredibly right. Everything she's saying is right. <laughs> it's all uh, insane, but it's all correct. And like, Adding to the insanity. It's just reinforcing, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, nothing is changing Cordelia's mind right now. Absolutely not. Adding to the insanity, Buffy's like, hey, yeah, we know what's happening. <laughs> if there's an invisible girl after you, and she's really mad, and Cordelia's like, oh, I don't care what it is, just make it stop. And you're like, what? <laughs> this is one of the most bonkers things that you could have ever heard. But she's, she's from Sunnydale, you know? <laughs> People have their whole selective memory thing, but they know what goes on. They're not stupid. They just pretend it doesn't. That's the only yeah. explanation for why people are so... It's the same thing with the chalk, you know? They're like, yeah. man, we've seen way worse shit than this. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> just some chalk writing. Who gives a shit? Yeah, my boyfriend got beat up by a sentient bat <laughs> earlier this week. Yeah. So, I mean, their their bar for weird is real high. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she, uh, she's noticed that Buffy's always around when the weird stuff happens, and she's, like, hoping Buffy's in a gang, <laughs> which I liked a lot. <laughs> this is just such a weird scene. It's basically like, Buffy, you're super spooky. I need your help. And you're like, okay. So all I could think was that perhaps this is a way to sort of start to integrate Cordelia. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because otherwise, like, you need a reason why she starts to hang out with them more. She won't do as well because the teacher is incapacitated. Yeah, it's it's all about her, and uh, she wants it to go away. So Giles is cleaning his glasses, as always. But then there's, like, <laughs> this really weird camera move. There's a lot of weird camera work in this episode. A lot of it's related to Marcy, though, with her, like, running around and the camera being from her perspective, so it's really up in people's faces. So there is a lot of that, and I was okay with all of that. This didn't feel mm -hmm. like that. Because she's not there. But then, isn't she suddenly there? Maybe. Because then, like, they're having their conversation about how they're going to use Cordelia as bait. It's all good. Mm -hmm. And then there is a shot that is that kind of, like, hand cam, Marcy cam, like, up in the stacks, that, mm -hmm. to me, implied that Marcy was there. But oh, she was in the band room, like, two seconds ago. <laughs> So I don't understand fast. how she got here that fast. She's going to kill Cordelia with some rope. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Now, we get a really heartfelt scene between Buffy and Cordelia that I just don't care about. Can we talk exclusively about Buffy's shirt? Absolutely. Because it's amazing. I'm looking at it right now. Is it buttoned <laughs> just at the breasts? It, like, it's not even that it's buttoned, Dave. I think it's... Is it a deep V with a, a <laughs> reverse, reverse v, v at the bottom? Yeah. What? <laughs> What is happening with this shirt? <laughs> and, like, think about how much skin she'd be showing if her pants weren't so high. What is this? Her, her pants are, like, well, well above her waist. What the <laughs> fuck? How did I not see this before? And she's, like, in this shirt the rest of the episode, pretty much. Yeah! <laughs> how did you not notice? 
Oh my God. It's so strange. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Right. And so then, yeah, Cordelia has her whole popular people can be lonely too speech. Blah. I'm surrounded by people, Boo. but I'm alone. Boo. Oh, fuck everything. Yeah, whatever. The Scoobies hear Julie playing her flute, and it's totally not a trap, guys. You should totally go to investigate. <laughs> Julie? That is weak. I was with you up to now, but Julie? <laughs> she Sorry, that's literally what I have in my notes. I forgot their name wasn't Julie. <laughs> Jules. Oh my god. Yeah, right? Like, why is she playing her flute in the basement? It's the trappiest trap ever. So the Scoobies get trapped down in the basement and gas starts flooding in. Yeah. While Cordelia is changing in a closet of some kind and gets Marcy abducted. Okay, so this was the first instance of... Marcy is super strong for some reason. Right? Because she pulls Cordelia up through the ceiling and, like, <laughs> Cordelia doesn't want to go. No, that's not a thing that I can do. No. To any human. And then, so, I'm thinking, she turns invisible. Does she just start working out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like all day, every day? I mean, it's like eight hours of working out, four hours <laughs> of flute, flute playing, yeah. and <laughs> then 12 hours of sleeping. She's she's got nothing better to do. So or four hours of scavenging, I guess, and plotting. <laughs> yeah, she probably does a lot of plotting. I mean, there's like a cafeteria in the school, right? Yeah, it's easy to scavenge, so yeah. she doesn't have to spend too much time on that. So yeah, she just does P ninety X all day. I don't know. <laughs> like she's unreasonably strong. Mm -hmm. uh, Xander almost murders them all by trying to smash the door open with a right. metal crowbar on the metal door <laughs> in the gas like, leak. No, there's a gas leak. <laughs> Sparks are bad. You're Don't really, do that. really dumb. <laughs> everyone is breathing. Everyone that's in the gas leak room is breathing through some piece of fabric. Except for Willow. I'm like, that doesn't help if it's replacing the oxygen. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they're doing. Like it's not smoke. It's not gonna No. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to filter it. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's displaced the oxygen in the room. Yeah, so yeah, they're in some trubs. Mm -hmm. Buffy gets well she she tries to go up after Cordelia. She does go up yes. after Cordelia. She can jump from standing over a fence, <laughs> but she can't get up into the ceiling without using some other bar for acrobatics. I mean, I think Whatever. they just they wanted to do an un unnecessary acrobatics scene because we haven't had mm -hmm. one of those in a while. But yeah, she falls through the ceiling. Oh well, no, who well, could have no. seen this coming? Marcy punches her and, and she like gets knocked down through the ceiling. <laughs> she is Slayer strong. How is this happening? Right? And then we have like classic Dexter move where yep. you inject somebody with a syringe full of something or other and they immediately pass out. <laughs> like that's not- And you know exactly the amount to use. Yeah. It's not how bodies work. <laughs> Like, Dex yeah. would be a very different show if he, like, injects them and then just has to hold them for, like, five to ten minutes. <laughs> uh. I would watch that show. Uh. Uh, yeah, so Buffy gets drugged and falls unconscious and wakes up tied up at the bronze. We're back at the bronze! Okay, Ooh. actually, I forgot to mention this earlier. Why is... Why is the coronation and dance at the bronze? Uh, it's an excellent question. Like, don't they have some sort of gymnasium? At the school where the right? talent show was held? Right? Oh my god, yeah. Well, that's full of... That's like an auditorium, though. That's full of chairs that may you or may not move be them? movable. Oh, no. The, yeah, you're right. That is full of chairs that are not movable. Still, 
Jim, Jim, it's fine. Like there, there are places to do this. And like, no way would the school be like, yeah, let's let's have it at a, <laughs> an off-site location. Yeah, a place that serves alcohol, possibly. But again, the bronze is a set that we haven't used in a while, so yep. better get in on that. Uh, yeah, so they wake up and Cordelia's face is all numb. <gasps> oh, what's what's Lacey gonna do to Cordy? Okay, so she's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. She's fucking insane. Yeah, like, she's crazy. She's so crazy. She wants to take Cordelia's face <laughs> off. <laughs> so two episodes in a row, we're making a face-off reference. Listeners, if you haven't seen the movie Face Off starring John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, you owe it to yourself and everyone around you to do so. But you need to watch it with like a group of people. And with probably some alcohol. <laughs> Make a drinking game out of it. It is amazing, though. But yeah, she's going to take Cordelia's face off, and this is everything I want from this show. Yeah, no, like, it's there, this is a real danger. Oh, this is crazy it's creepy. It's really scary. Yeah. Like, it's this is like the stuff of nightmares. No, this is real-level fears right now. Absolutely. And I think this is the first episode where we've actually had a person be... Mm-hmm. So this is like a pretty different episode from that perspective. Yeah, they thought the puppet show was yeah. a person because there was a knife involved and they're like, oh, a person. But no, this is the first time where it's actually a person. Yeah. And, and she's just cray cray. crazy. Yeah. And so yeah. at first I was like, man, why did she freeze Cordy's face? That seems oddly kind. But no, she just doesn't want Cordelia to pass out from the pain. Yeah. Because <laughs> so... she is next level crazy. Yeah. No, it's really crazy. And she's written learn, learn in big sparkle letters at this point. Yeah. Her plan is to disfigure Cordelia. Yep. Which will make her popular in the worst sense. Everyone will notice her because she will be horrific she as she lives her, out the rest of yeah, her life. give her a face that no one will ever forget. And, you're and just she like, says it in a lot of really creepy ways. And Yeah, no, like, so this actress, I've definitely seen her in other things after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and like, essentially she's just... She's doing a lot of voice acting in this episode, but it's really good. It's very scary. It's super well done. For just being like a disembodied voice. Yeah. We wrap up the Scoobies plot by having them be rescued by Angel. He somehow finds them. He enters the school through the basement and then smelled the gas is the best we get. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's come back with the, with the book. Yep. And Giles is like, oh, sweet book. (laughs) For some reason, I felt the need to write down, he's delicious. I apologize. <laughs> Is that just like a general comment on his attractiveness? Yeah. I think I think he was just looking real good. <laughs> so he generally wears like a tank top. Yeah. And then a, mm. a leather duster or coat over that. Yeah. That's how he do. I mean, I guess it's, so, I haven't yeah. seen him in a while. I forgot. I don't know. <laughs> He is the one with the angel face. And then he he's going to go in and uh, and turn the gas off because he doesn't need oxygen. Nope. But he's like panting for breath as he's saying this, <laughs> which, which kind of <laughs> kind of took the, uh, yeah, I don't know, it kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> we get our standoff between Buffy and old what's-her-face. Okay, so first of all, she like punches Buffy around a bit and like yeah. again hurts Buffy mm-hmm. and Buffy's trying to escape like from she's tied to the chair right <laughs> and so I wrote down that she should use her giant rings to escape because <laughs> like, I honestly thought those might come into play right they are ridiculously this large this would have been the perfect time for them to <laughs> be useful in some way but no she just no. gets out normally and then yeah she has to use her feelings to fight Marcy <laughs> <laughs> she uses the force to sense <laughs> right? what's her name it's 
really very Jedi-ish. Yeah, she just stands still, and Giles before had been like, maybe you'll have to listen. Oh, ho, 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 British. Mm. And now she's like, wait, that thing that Giles said, I'll listen. So she just stands still, hears Marcy move, and clocks her one. Uh, and that she has Slayer strength, so that puts Darcy down for a while. Yeah. I mean, she conveniently hits her into, like, some sort of hanging velvety thing. Mm-hmm. And then she can locate her and, uh, yeah, she fucking really hits her in the face. Oh, and now the feds show up. Of course. Thanks, guys. Fucking assholes. This brings us to our final segment. Oh. The Hex Files. Good. I hope this is just about how much you hated the fact that there were feds in this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I expected them to be like Mulder and Scully. Right. Oh, you wanted like, oh, I see. A you crossover? Just, literally, you just I, wanted the X-Files. <laughs> no, I think that this is a really weird thing to have happen as the end of this episode. And it's just so bizarre that you have this like weird X-Files vibe to it. This episode feels like it could have been out of the X-Files. Yes, absolutely. I don't think there's anything that ties it to Sunnydale other than the character development that we see. Yeah. And I know that they wanted to do like a teen X-Files, but come on, guys. This is this is going a bit far. So I don't know if this was maybe to like save Buffy from having to murder a person. Oh, yeah. Because realistically, if this didn't happen, if these, like, feds weren't here, like, what do they do with Marcy? (laughs) Hand an invisible girl to the authorities? Yeah. So that's crazy. I mean, either they have to kill her because she's insane, or somehow make her visible. I expected her to turn visible because they were now thinking about her so much. I thought that would come into play in the final confrontation. Which is interesting, because, yeah, like, if our whole hand-wavy explanation is that reality is shaping their perception of her. They're all very aware of her now. And yeah, so... Yeah, wouldn't that make a lot of sense? Like, they know what she looks like. They are aware of her. They know her plight and her story. Like, isn't that how this episode should end? I mean, it could be a time thing. But again, even if she becomes visible, how do they deal with her? Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, then you've got, like, hey, she attacked us. <laughs> But you have us up. not a lot of proof of that. Uh, yeah. You have your word. And I actually know her fingerprints would be all over those, like, <laughs> torture implements. Yeah. Probably. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway, then we get to our wrapping it it's up. All, all wrapped up, yeah. Cordy saying thank you to the Scoobies. Uh, but then Snitch shows up and he's like, what are you doing with these losers? And she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. They are losers. Totally not my friends now. She was having kind of a nice moment, though. Yeah. Because she, she's, I mean, she's being very sincere again. She was terrified, like, yeah. to death, which makes a lot of sense. Buffy literally saved her life. Like, mm-hmm. well, she wasn't going to die. She was just going to be horribly disfigured. She saved her from a, a very harrowing experience. Yeah. And yeah, a traumatic experience for sure. And for some reason, they, they don't want to tell Buffy that they were saved by Angel. Because he can't be around her and she can't be around him, I guess. Because literally, like, the last thing, I think the last thing that happened with Angel is they're like, oh, we should, we can't do this. They kiss. And then now we see him for the first time. Yeah, that is how it's gone down. That's very strange. So I guess they are really trying to stay away from each other. I guess we'll see how that, that works out for them. <laughs> Probably works out great. 
Yeah, and then, yeah, oh, the final scene of the episode, Dave. This is what really confuses me about this whole thing. It's the feds leading an invisible person and being like, oh, I think you'll really be happy here. A door opens and it goes into a classroom and it's like, oh, hi, Marcy. Uh, we're just getting started. I'm a teacher here. Take a seat and we'll get going with our lesson plan. And she goes up, pulls out a seat, sits down and opens up the book and it's all about infiltration and spying. And assassination. I have so many questions about this. I know we're running long, but I have so many questions. <laughs> no, can the teacher see it. her? No. Okay. Can she see other invisible students? I would have to guess no. Then how does she know the seat that she is going into isn't already occupied? Does the teacher gesture towards the seat in any way? Not no. that I can recall. I've got nothing. I mean, there's no way that the teacher can see her. The teacher's like, oh, hi, Marcy. I guess because she knew that Marcy would be coming in. Yeah. But how does that teacher do anything? This is a psychotic human. How is this ever going to be a controllable asset? And presumably all of the other invisible students in this room have had similar mental breakdowns. Fuck, right. It's filled with other invisible students. <laughs> But part of the thing was like, oh no, it's physics and the Hellmouth coming together as one. But it's not? These assholes are just popping up everywhere? What's happening? What is this? Just because there is a center of mystical convergence in Sunnydale, I don't think that like precludes other centers of mystical convergence in other <sighs> locations. All right, but apparently this is a thing. This is like an entire government program. We'll see the initiative later, so I guess it makes sense. It's super unnecessary is what it is. Yeah, it's like, incredibly unnecessary. Like, why not just have the feds, like, take her away and, like, that's enough. You don't yeah. need to explain where they've taken her. This scene is so unnecessary and it's such a weird way to end the episode. It It's just kind of like a, like a tongue-in-cheek thing, I think, of like, oh, governments using these invisible kids for their own nefarious purposes. Wouldn't they be great spies? Ah, we did think of everything. Like, what? No! Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Anyway, that's our episode. This yeah. is the second last one. We all, we're almost there. We're almost there. One more. Mm -hmm. So next one, Prophecy Girl finale. What do you remember about it? I've heard good things. Uh, I remember Buffy and the Master actually meeting. I yep, remember good. Buffy dying. Mm -hmm. I remember the Master probably dying. I don't actually remember that, but I'm figuring he does. <laughs> There's uh, some, some big plot points you're throwing around. Good, good. <laughs> what else do I remember from this? Basically just Buffy in the Masturbatorium face down in a puddle. <laughs> what a horrible place to be face down in a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's real bad. Oh, oh no. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty uh hard to forget about Buffy dying because she uh -huh. honestly is going to bring it up like a million times after this. And I've got so many questions about this too. We should definitely I'm not start, sure I ever answered. start an I died count after she dies because <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to get high. <laughs> Oh, yeah. like uh, how many times she mentions that yeah. she died? Yes. Yeah. Very Or like yes. somebody does. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach out through email. We are beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com or the less good email address, welcomehellmouthpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> If you want to reach out to us personally, I can be reached on Skype. I am at pie in the sky. And Michaela? I am at Miskypa. Nice. Mm. And that just about does it for us. Until next time, farewell from the Hellmouth. Hellmouth.
Hellmouth. Hellmouth. Hellmouth.